Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist. Join me as I seek out the small incremental changes being applied in other industries that we can learn from and that can be applied in healthcare. Can these changes bring immediate value, but also add up to the big improvements and revolution we need in healthcare? Come along with me to explore the possibilities. My innovative guests from around the globe have used small incremental improvements to achieve their moonshot. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. David Stern. He is the CEO of Experity and an internist. David, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Dr. Nick. Pleasure to be here. So, uh, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, you're uh, obviously a, a physician, as uh, I highlighted at the beginning, but that's not the only part of your story. Tell us how you arrived at this point in, in your career and some of the key uh, moments. Sure. Uh, I trained as an internist uh, and uh, thought I was going to practice academic internal medicine and ended up uh, doing a short stint in some urgent cares uh, and really enjoyed uh, that type of medicine where I was seeing patients for acute problems, developing relationships with, with patients, actually, that would come back over, over time uh, as well. But what, what, what was most important for me at that point was it was a lifestyle. I had, my, I had a wife who was, uh, who was uh, ill and uh, took, uh, she was ill for many years. And so it allowed me to work certain hours and then be off certain hours. Uh, but what happened uh, as time went on, I got, got more involved in the ownership of the business and the administration of the business and saw where there was something big coming down the pike. That was the electronic medical record. And that electronic medical record, I, I, I said, that, that's the secret. That's the future of medicine. I need to find one for our urgent care. So we had six at the time. So we went out and uh, uh, looked at electronic medical records. I will say I looked at over 100. So that gives you an idea of how intense I was about it. But everything was a square peg in a round hole for our particular industry. Everything would slow us down. It would not capture the coding properly. And uh, so I went to my partners and said, what's out there is just not going to work. The EHRs aren't ready. We'll have to wait. And my partner said, David, you can, we, you can do this. Why don't we start our own EHR? <laughs> I thought he was nuts. But uh, uh, put together a business plan. And uh, sure enough, uh, the electronic medical record that we came up for for urgent care actually worked tremendously. Uh, we we uh, grew really rapidly and ended up uh, three years ago growing to a point where we merged with our number one competitor in the space and we've been able to, to continue growth uh, as we've taken an outside investor and uh, several, actually several outside investors. And I've gone from being a doctor seeing patients in urgent care to being an advisor, colleague, uh, and CEO uh, for those for those uh, urgent cares throughout the country, we have uh, almost 60% of the 10,000 urgent cares in the, in the United States using one of our services. So a little bit of an unusual journey. And I, it, as part of your history, you didn't declare any uh, computing or engineering background as part of your uh, undergraduate. Did you have any of that knowledge going into this? Uh, I am a very unusual technology CEO. I have, I never took a business class and I never took a computer class. <laughs> I, I, I actually didn't even touch a computer as an undergraduate. Uh, that, that may give away how old I am, but I will say I thought I would never use a computer. Why would I ever take a computer class? And uh, uh, just a year outside, uh, outside of medical school, I bought my first PC. I really enjoyed using it, and uh, but I would say 
uh, I've never written a line of code and I really can't, I can't understand the technology more than at a high level. So uh, it does give hope for folks who don't have technology backgrounds to possibly be successful in, a, in the technology area. But I, I think that's an important understanding, um, uh, you know, central to this, that, you know, here you are as a physician, you deeply understand the space, you worked in the space, you looked at it from, I would say, the clinical perspective and said, let's see what's out there and reviewed it. And, you know, when you talk about the 100, I fully understand that, you know, we had large numbers I wasn't aware that there was six, but I'm not surprised to hear, you know, of, of various offerings. Taking on that direction w was a pretty substantial uh, project that must have been a little bit uh, daunting um, as a, a clinician. But, you know, you, you've got all of your partners and colleagues saying, great, well, you, you've looked at everything. Now go do it. How did you approach that? Well, I put together a business plan uh, to to make this a software company take off, and I I was a little fortunate. Most people start uh, technology companies need to take on outside investors. What I had discovered is we were losing about a million dollars of revenue, leaving it on the table in our six urgent care centers, uh, due to poor coding. And we could, and I I had been training. I had become a certified professional coder. I had worked on training the providers on coding. And I was uh, a complete failure at training physicians how to do coding. It's, a, I mean, working with physicians, as you know, is like herding cats, as people often say. So I was a failure in training them how to do it. And I knew if we could automate this coding process, we could, uh, we could capture that million dollars. So I, my partners agreed that I could have that million dollars of extra revenue, which is all profit. Uh, I could have that million dollars of extra revenue for three straight years. So I had a $3 million seed uh, fund uh, that, that I had to generate uh, through the software. And four months uh, after starting the company, we had a rudimentary product that was generating that extra million dollars a year. And we uh, used that extra million for a year. When the third year came came up, my partners looked at me saying, said, are you going to lose a million next year? And I said, nope, we're on the trajectory here. The, uh, the uh, expense line is going to cross under the revenue line in the next month and indeed it did and we have been profitable ever ever since that that uh, end of that third year the beginning of the fourth year so we were able to self-fund and i never i didn't have to take on investors all the way up until about uh, three years ago where it made sense to do when we merged with our largest competitor I, I, and you know some critical elements in there. So first of all, the, the the deep understanding of coding. I think one of the things that many physicians would agree, um, we're not coders. You, you clearly are. So you you took specialist. It's almost like a, a specialty in its own right. Um, and, and there are a few folks. I've certainly known a number of folks that have uh, explored that. That obviously contributed to the understanding of the finances. But when it came to building this, as you cast your mind back to the process, what were the key elements? What, what specifically allowed you to create something that has clearly excelled in the marketplace? And there's, there's nothing more intolerant than a group of physicians for an experience that takes away from their contribution to the patient and patient time. You got that right. What was it in there that was critical to allow this to be so successful? Uh, so I think that you 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 were you're almost there as to what really made it most successful. As we looked at it from the user perspective, 
first, and technology was only secondary. Technology was the servant of the user experience. So believe it or not, the first, I, I, say, I said I came up with electronic medical record, but it was extraordinarily rudimentary. Uh, what it was, was uh, a, a two-sided sheet of paper that had a whole bunch of fields on it that when you check certain things on the paper, the computer would read what you had put there and uh, then it could code the visit. So it could capture, typically uh, the, the typical physician was losing uh, or leaving on the table about $20 per visit on coding. And we were able to capture that $20 and we took two. Uh, so it was a very good 10 to one ratio for the, the end user. It's why we grew so fast, but it was also, uh, I had a, a fellow come up to me and say, David, you're the next Bill Gates. You're the reason doctors are never gonna have to touch a computer. And I said, no, 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 that is not the future. This is just this bridge to getting to an uh, electronic medical record. But what it did was it, 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 it did several things. It got our, all of our users used to stereotypical um, uh, documentation, having to fill out certain fields, not, uh, and not being optional to fill out certain fields because our, our, our system would actually read that and it would kick it back if they hadn't filled out certain fields and say, you didn't fill this out, you've got to fill it out. So uh, we, and then what we did over time, and it took about five years, is we actually converted that paper interface into a full computer interface that really looked very familiar to the folks who were, that were used to the paper. So the key was if you study disruptive industries, you don't disrupt an industry by coming in with you know slam bang, wow technology. You disrupt usually from the bottom up. Uh, and you, you disrupt, you, you often using technology that the, everybody else looks at and said, that's ridiculous. Now, why would anybody use paper, for example? That's what people said about us. But we were able to capture a large portion of the market that way. Uh, and uh, we were able then to move with the revenue we had generated to move to a different situation where our, uh, our technology really was state of the art. You know, you, you talk about the paper piece and, you know, potentially as a, a, a ridiculous concept. But let's be clear, if we go back in time, I, I remember the implementation of computers and not just in medicine, but, you know, in business. We're moving to a paperless office. Uh, hello, we didn't. And um, I think the concept of starting with that is absolutely foundational in terms of the way that you uh, explore the opportunities for improvements in process and then build technology. And I think, you know, as technology has expanded, it starts to offer even more opportunities and, and more potential. So, Fast forward, you, you've built this, you've obviously continued to expand, you've probably seen some incredible innovations um, that have added to this that have made it better. I, I have a sense of what might have been significant, but can you recall inflection points in that innovation process that really started to, to bring even more value to the uh, interaction and the solution? Well, we did talk about uh, bringing bringing the solution to the computer interface so that the physician is using the computer. Uh, but we always kept the user experience as a front and center. And uh, it, was, it was fairly common for a physician to, to start using the system and say, I, I didn't really hardly need any training. I could use this right out of the box. I can tell this is made by a physician. And quite honestly, it was a physician that had actually worked in the space for many years. So I sort of knew what they needed, what they wanted, and what would get in the way, and that we had to we had to make the EMR get out of the way. So that would have been the first inflection point. 
I would say other inflection points came as we started to realize that we needed to become not just physician-centric, but patient-centric. And so we needed to allow the patient to check in online. We had the first solution to allow patients to just uh, click on a website and pick, say they want to come in, it would give them a time to come in and they could come in to the urgent care and they were already uh, pre-registered into the medical record for, for the folks when they came in. And that, that, that changed things dramatically. Uh, and then at, over time, we started to make that scheduler dynamic so that it would change. If the clinic got busy and somebody walked in with a laceration, everybody could be bumped out an hour. So people didn't have to come in and wait in the clinic. They would feel more like the doctor was waiting for them and they were waiting for the doctor and they would come in when it was time to be seen. So that patient-centric journey is where we're, where we're moving, continuously moving now, uh, uh, surveying patients after the visit to see how it went. If there were if there were problems, uh, how that was going, serving patients with text messages about are you do, are you feeling any better or not? Starting to have some robot, robotic responses there, uh, so that if they're not feeling better, uh, they can be encouraged to to uh, either come back in or tell the tell the clinic what their issues are, uh, and that that full circle uh, of patient experience from the time they check in online to the time their visit is completed and actually until their visit is, their, their visit is, visit is completely paid for, we, we offer that complete experience. And uh, just over the last few years, I've, I would say we've gotten to the point where we, we say almost everything that the patient or the provider does is now working in our software, all integrated uh, in such a way that it creates a unified and very uh, seamless journey for everyone involved. For those of you just joining, I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist. Today, I'm talking to Dr. David Stern. He's the CEO of Xperity. We were just talking about the history and innovation uh, to um, the creation of essentially a, a physician-built, physician-friendly uh, solution. It reminds me a lot of a, a Zixi, if you're familiar with that tool set that was built uh, in Maryland. I think it was MedStar. Um, it... it it suffered from a problem when they first put it out on the wards. Uh, it was built by clinicians for clinicians, and they put a sign, you know, saying "Do not use." Um, came back a week later, and there was a line of clinicians lining up to use it because it was so valuable. It had been built, you know, and, and it was—I I don't want to say a victim. It was, you know, it was a success, even though they were trying to sort of limit access to, you know, be careful about the expansion. So I, I think it sounds very much like you had similar experiences with that, you know, just uh, laser sharp focus on the user experience. As you think about this, so clearly clinicians, you know, I'm sure within the organization, all of the, the elements that support this, what's the patient experience? How have you focused on that? And, and what's their response to this been? So I would say for the most part, the, the patient doesn't know we're there. <laughs> we're white labeled behind the scenes. Uh, and so they're, they're really focused on, on the, the, the healthcare provider uh, and the urgent care chain that they're, they're going to. That, that's who they have a relationship with. And our job is to get out of the way and just allow them to seamlessly take care of the patient. But it, 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 I think what's, what, what's uh, not just us, but every EHR in the country is starting to realize you can't just be a software for the provider. You need to see the whole patient experience all the way through. 
And when you when you see that patient experience all the way through, including even the ability to pay your bill and do everything in one place, it just makes makes it so much easier to be a patient. And I will say, I recently had a, a procedure in a hospital, and uh, they were using uh, you know the big EHR Epic, and it was much more seamless than than when I had used uh, used their functionality ten years earlier. Felt much more patient centric. I was getting a a text message or an email every time something was updated. This this sort of revolution, which we say at Xperity is is our mission statement, our goal, our purpose is we power the patient centered healthcare revolution. We although we think we're ahead of uh, of virtually anybody else out there in seeing it as a patient centric uh, solution. Uh, even the big guys uh, are also seeing that it is about the patient. It is about making that experience seamless because the healthcare providers that can provide that sort of seamless experience where you walk in the door, the physician's expecting you within five minutes of the time you're in the in the office, you're being seen by the physician, uh, and you know, 15 minutes later, you're you're out on the street walking to your car and getting in your car, and you, you had everything you needed in that visit done. That's an amazing experience. And the healthcare providers that see that use technology to deliver that, and you you can't it, anybody who thinks technology delivers it that will that's wrong. It's always execution that's key. You can have the worst technology in the world and still deliver an incredible experience to the patient, and you can have the best technology in the world and deliver a horrible experience to the patient. So the key there is you have to take great technology and put great execution on top of that. And that kind of an experience makes it makes a healthcare provider uh, very uh, unbeatable in the market. And you know, having experienced this seamless experience multiple times, I went to the hospital, multiple studies, surgery, multiple things. Everything came off like clockwork, and a large part of that was centered around the the, the medical record. Uh, I'm not going to another provider. I'm not going to another health system. This is. My, this will be my health system until they blow it. <laughs> They've got me. And that's key. When you deliver that kind of service, people, people, uh, no matter what you're in, if you're selling cars, people say, I'm a Ford guy. I'm a Chevy guy. I'm a Tesla guy. Whatever it is, if you're getting that kind of service uh, from your local, uh, your, your local dealer, you're going to stay with that car. If you, and if a healthcare provider is delivering that kind of service, again, you need in most cases, you really do need superb technology to be able to deliver on on top of that. But if you deliver that, you're an unbeatable force in your community and people will keep using you. Yeah, it, it makes you super sticky. Um, you know, the, the, the phrase that always resounds in my mind is, you know, people always remember uh, how you made how how you made them feel, not what you did. And this is all about feeling um, and the perception of um, a, a, an experience that is just seamless. And, you know, we walk into lots of experiences, you know, takeout, um, packages, you name it. And there's all this technology going on. And it's always troubled me that healthcare has been so far behind, but it sounds like you've really nailed this. And, you know, as you described, the patient doesn't even know that you're there, which I think 
But perhaps not great news for the company, because obviously you want people to know you're contributing to that. But that is great news for the patient. It really is. Because if they don't know, then you're doing a fantastic job. So I, I, I think very exciting. Um, you, you've seen growth. I mean, like, like, it's, it's almost impossible not to talk about the pandemic, although people are trying not to at these points in time. There was clearly a huge expansion um, I, you know, contribution to that, that the numbers were extraordinary. And obviously, it was very significant in the urgent care space, because so many of the other institutions were locked down, you couldn't even I, I mean, it was almost like there was a military guard around some places. Um, how did that go for you? Uh, yeah, COVID was a very different situation as the pandemic hit. First of all, there was no protective equipment. There was no testing in the urgent cares. And literally, my clients called me up and said, I think we're going to have to close half of our centers. Uh, and uh, uh, in response, uh, what I did is I created a, a weekly phone call with all the executives in our industry. <laughs> and basically, it was a plea, don't close your centers, because if you close your centers, those employees are never coming back. And there will be protective equipment, and there will be testing, and it's coming soon. And fortunately, I was right on, the, on, on all fronts. And uh, fortunately, folks decided to wait a little bit to, to close their centers and very short. Urgent cares that were seeing 30 patients a day were seeing on average almost 80 patients a day. And we had urgent cares who were delivering services in the parking lot, uh, sometimes seeing over 1,000 patients a day. The stress on our system, because we have a dynamic scheduling system that when, when you get extra busy, it changes things around. The stress on our system that was designed to accommodate self-scheduling of maybe 30 patients a day, 40 patients a day, all of a sudden was being asked to do several thousand patients in a single center per day. And these dynamic uh, artificial intelligence uh, protocols that we put behind the scenes, they, they, they really didn't work. They broke. Uh, they, we saw some horrible things for a couple of weeks until we could revamp the whole system where people were being given appointments uh, to come into the urgent care at 4 a.m and get their COVID test. The urgent care wasn't open at 4 a.m. I'm willing to bet some people showed up for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a massive problem. And, uh, you know, we were we were struggling just like the urgent cares were to deliver this, this tremendous care. I will say we had engineers staying up all night frequently uh, to to get the get the systems uh, fixed so they could handle it. We have, And now we have systems that can handle thousands of patients a day, but uh, not necessarily, I'm not sure we'll ever have that demand again. But it was a, it was a great lesson and almost a military type response to a, a crisis that we had to work with our clients to deliver. And we were able to do it in such a way that we had a tremendous growth, not just in, not just in the numbers of patients being seen, but so many urgent cares realized they needed a software that was specifically designed to handle what they were doing. And we were the only ones that really had it. Yeah, so uh, fantastic learning opportunity. I'm I'm always terrified to say this, but you know, another silver lining to the pandemic. It sort of created more resilience, more opportunity. So, as you think about the future, what are you excited about? What What do you see happening, and where do you see all of this going? Well, I, I mean, I'm just talking near future. I won't talk the long term future, but the near future, I think, one of the big exciting things. There's going to be treatments for COVID. Uh, urgent cares have established themselves as a place to go get diagnosed. And I think the future is that urgent cares will become the place where you not only get diagnosed, but you, where you get treated. There still are a lot of state laws that don't allow physicians in certain states to actually dispense medications to the patient. But uh, very hopeful that the, the government will see this as a time to change that, where an urgent care can be a one-stop shop. You go in, 
you not only get tested for COVID, but you can pick up your treatment. We have effective treatments now. Um, they're not quite ready for everybody to get them, not quite ready to give it to everybody who gets COVID, but it's just a matter of a few months till we get there. And when we get there, urgent cares are really re ready and well positioned to be uh, a great place to deliver care and uh, the good news is that the next future thing, if we're just looking a little further out, is and it's happening already, is more and more integration with health systems and other medical practices so that those medical records and that record of that treatment is just seamlessly traveling throughout, uh, throughout all of the electronic health systems in the U.S. And we're, 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 get, we're on the cusp of that happening. Uh, and the good news is uh, that not only are we on the cusp, but we're seeing so many providers starting to use these solutions to pull in records from other centers. We get pulled them in seamlessly and for us to move into a situation where we're not working in all these different healthcare silos, but we're working interconnectedly and cooperatively like medicine should be practiced. So I, I think exciting times. I, I'm going to push the boat, or in this case, uh, the, the the van or or coach or bus out a little bit further, and say potentially expanding this into mobile clinics. I think we've seen you, you know the urgent care in New York. I heard about this where testing and treatment is incorporated into these mobile units into underserved communities. I think um, you know essential and just smart behavior. Unfortunately, as we do every week, we've run out of time. So it just remains for me to uh, thank you for joining me on the show today. David, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me today. Do you have any better ideas or have you found a small incremental change that's brought about a big improvement in your world? Let's continue the conversation on our hashtag, The Incrementalist, or share with me at DrNick1 on Twitter. You can find more information about the show on our program page at healthcarenowradio.com. And tune in next time to hear my discussions with leaders and innovators from around the globe who've revolutionized their space by using small incremental improvements to achieve their moonshot. I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist, and I'm starting a revolution through evolution. 